Good to be here this morning. I want to read a couple of passages here, just a couple of verses in a couple of passages. And um, if you have your Bibles, uh, you can turn just, uh, if not, just you can uh, listen to the Word of God here. Uh, The first one is in Jonah, in chapter 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah arose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship there going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it, to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Now go uh, with me to uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14, and verse 22. Matthew 14 and 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And I just will stop the reading there. Let us pray. Father, we come before you, Lord, this morning, asking, Father, that you might be with us as we look into this topic this morning. I pray for each and every one that's here. I pray, God, that you might minister to each and every one. You know their needs. You know every heart in this room. You certainly know every hurt and every trial, uh, Father, that uh, uh, dear ones are going through. Father, would you just help this morning? Surround us with your presence, and we uh, will give you thanks uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. I've uh, entitled this, The Perfect Storm. We've read about two this morning. The storm that Jonah was in, and then we read about a storm that the disciples were in. And... I call it the perfect storm because when you're going through storms in your life, and you will, the Bible is very clear that life, uh, as uh, and this is Tony's uh, translation of uh, Job uh, 14, life is short and full of trouble. It's true, isn't it? Life is short and full of trouble. Do not, Christian, listen. Do not cherry-pick Verses that will tell you that the Christian life is smooth sailing. I can tell you that you will be shipwrecked if you try and believe the lies that trials are not part of the Christian life. Don't cherry pick verses. And I would caution you not to listen to preachers that tell you you ought to be healthy, wealthy, all the time. 
And if you just had faith and send the money, that's what's going to happen to you. I tell you folks that that doctrine comes from the very pit of hell. The very pit of hell. And it's very prevalent today. And why is that? Because the Bible is very clear that in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of pleasure, lovers of treasure, and certainly not lovers of God. The perfect storm. Now, there are two types of storms. In James chapter 1, it tells us, Brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various... And the King James uses the word temptation. And I think the actual uh, word that ought to be used there is trials. Brethren, count it all joy. Now, joy is not happiness, so remember that. Joy is not happiness. Joy is a state of mind given only to the Christian when they're in obedience to God. Count it all joy, brethren, when you go through various trials. This morning, we are going to look at trials. And I want to bring forth this morning seven points that will help you as you and I go through trials in our life. Not if, but when. And some of you could probably come up this morning and give a, a, a testimony to uh, the trial that you're going through even at this very moment. Now, as I was saying, there are two types of trials. There is the trial of correction and the trial of perfection. In James chapter 1, if you continue on, right below in verse 3, it says this. We need wisdom. We need wisdom, Christian. Why? We need wisdom to understand what type of trial we are going through. It may be a trial of correction. Jonah was going through a trial of correction. Jonah had disobeyed God, and God had to give him a spanking. <laughs> really? That's what happened, right? He was told to go to Nineveh and preach the gospel of repentance to them, and he decided in his own wisdom that he didn't like the Ninevites. They were ruthless people, and Jonah had his own plans, and he took a ship to Tarshish away from the presence of God. And you know what, folks? Listen. Hebrews chapter 11, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 12 reminds us of this. If you belong to Christ, listen to this. If you belong to Christ, God will discipline you if you get out of His will. Have you ever had a spanking from God? I have. It hurt. It hurt. But when I ask God for wisdom, 
In James chapter 1, God showed me clearly that, Tony, you needed that in your life. You needed that in your life. Before I was afflicted, it says in Psalm 119, I believe it's verse 65, I went astray. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. Sometimes, God has to get our attention. Because we're not listening. Folks, can I tell you a practical thing, by the way? We, we, we often don't think of this, I think. But here's something very practical. In uh, 1 Corinthians in chapter 11, it tells us to come to the Lord's Supper. Now, we do that because we want to what? Remember Him. Right? And that is a... By the way, that is a sacrament of the church, meaning that it really isn't... Um, it's not supposed to be if you feel like it. It's really a command... Uh, from Christ for several reasons by the way one of them is lest we forget and we have a tendency right to forget about how good God is how great Jesus Christ and the cross is you know what folks I never get tired of hearing about the cross but in a practical sense too it tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 30 I believe it says this Many of you have uh, sickness and even death. Now, folks, if it wasn't in the Bible, you'd never think this is true. But it's in the Scriptures, and it tells us, examine ourselves. You know what, that, you know what folks, listen. What we ought to do when we come to the Lord's Supper, and preferably before, as we prepare for the Lord's Supper, we should say this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. If there be any hurtful way in me, lead me in the everlasting way. It's self-examination. It's a good thing to do. Because sometimes, folks, we will go through trials because of our stubbornness and our rebellion, and the sin that sometimes is in our lives. But folks, it's still a perfect storm. Because God will have to get your attention sometimes. It's still a perfect storm. From the one who loves us, and the one who will never leave us nor forsake us, uh, sometimes we'll get the sea uh pretty wavy. You know, <laughs> I was thinking about this. Um, you guys live around the ocean, right? But you know, where I live, I mean, the biggest lake, well, listen, we have the Great Lakes, I guess. You know, but anyways, my daughter one time talked Rosie and I into going on a cruise, you know, and uh, I, I don't know, I had this idea uh, because when my dad had a place down here in, in South Florida when he was alive, I went once went deep, deep sea fishing. First thing in the morning, and I got an eight-foot swordfish. But I also got seasick. And here we are out on a, you know, we thought it was a pretty side boat till you get out there, right? We were about ten miles, I don't even know if we were that far, right here in Hollywood. 
in 1970-something. And all I could, like I got this thing, and I, I said to my buddy, you better come and get the fishing rod because, you know, I was, I, you know what, my wife's got a picture of me, honest, I was green when I come off that boat. <laughs> um, the waves can get pretty high, can't they, in our lives. They can, they can really, it can really rock the boat, right? So sometimes God has to use a megaphone. Sometimes God has to bring in the demolition derby to get us out of our comfort zone and uh, perhaps our inertia in our Christian walk. Those are trials of correction. Now, I want to bring out some points this morning that will benefit us in a practical sense when we're going through trials. One, we need to know this because I think it's very, very important. It says in 1 Peter chapter 5 that our enemy goes about like a roaring lion seeking to devour whom he may. Now, I tell you, when you read 1 Peter, Peter starts uh, the very first chapter with trials. Just like James does. He starts off with, listen, trials are there for a reason. God will use trials in your life to develop character. So it's important that you and I understand that. But listen, you have an enemy, Christian. He hates your guts. He goes about like a roaring lion, seeking to devour whom he may. And I tell you, Christian, listen to me. I tell you that the evil one will go after you when you're the most vulnerable. And often we are most vulnerable during trials in our life. He will tell you that it's not fair. He will tell you that God doesn't love you as much as He should. He will tell you that it is illogical. It doesn't make any sense that you're going through what you're going through. I tell you, folks, that that does not come from God. It comes from your enemy, the devil. I don't love uh, to give him much credit, but I'm going to give... Uh, uh, the Bible tells us enough about him that we ought to be aware of his devices and how he operates. So, loved one, let me say this. If you're going through a difficult time, put on the full armor of God. Be prepared. Be prepared. He will come after you. He will put doubt. The thief cometh to kill, steal, and destroy. And I tell you folks, he cannot have your soul. One thing the devil knows is that he believes in eternal security. Because it's in the Bible and he knows it's true. He will not try and take your soul. He knows he can't have you. But one, one thing he will do is try and bring you to a, a, a place in your life of despair. 
and discouragement. It's a lesson that we need to understand. That we are, uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Folks, when you're going through a trial, remember the enemy will be whispering in your ear that God does not love you. That uh, whatever is happening here is illogical, doesn't make any sense. And we need to cling to God during that time and not listen uh, to the enemy. God will often use trials to comfort others. God will often use trials to comfort others. We're told that in uh, 2 Corinthians. That God is a God of all comfort and will comfort uh, you, often using other Christians to comfort. But you know who are the greatest comforters? Not, not, don't be Job's friends. Don't be Christian little vultures. Circling when people are going through difficult times. Debbie Downer. You think you have the gift of discouragement? It's not in the Bible that I see. We need to be careful. You know, uh, Job was doing, well, he wasn't doing well. He was suffering. But uh, I'm sure when his uh, friends came along, he was very happy they were there. No, for a whole week. You know what they did? They shut up. They didn't say a word. You know what, folks? We don't often, we don't have to say anything. Uh, we, we, you know, it's it's difficult, right? When someone else is going through a trial, you can't say if you've never been through it that I know what you're going through. Don't say that. Don't say that. Just be there for people. In a, in a, I, I remember. Um, a guy that um, lost his mom. You know, I didn't even think about it too much, but I, 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 I read it in, you know, I got a Ph.D. in obituaryology. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it's my age, but my wife gave me an honorary degree because I'm always looking at obituaries. Anyways, I was in, I, I, I make sure that I'm not in there, right? That's it. You know you're having a good day when, right? No, I, I, I'm just, anyway, all, all I'm saying is, uh, one day, I, 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 I saw a, a fellow that I grew up with. And I haven't seen him in years, but he lost his mom. And uh, I think it was the Holy Spirit. I, I, I know now that it, that it, that it was. I, I wrote him a little note. You know, this is, is it before email? No, because my son looks at me and he's, you know, he, I, I, I get a computer. I, I got my iPad. I got my iPhone. And my son, Dad, you're painful to watch. I, I don't know how to do anything on those things. Anyway, so old-fashioned me, you know, I, I write out a note. And I, I said, you know what? I know what it's like to lose a mother. And I tell you, that broke my heart when I lost my mom. You only get one mom. That's what I wrote in that note. And I said, I want to tell you something about God will come uh, 
if you will allow him, come near to you during this difficult time. Wrote the letter, put a stamp on it, put it in the mail, and forgot. I forgot that I even sent it. I mean it. That's just showing you uh, this pre-dementia that old people get, you know? So, uh, uh, you know, but months later, months later, I, I get a telephone call. Uh, from this guy. And he calls me and he says, uh, Tony, listen, I, I got to tell you something. He said, when, when that note came, I was at the end of myself. Not only had I lost my mom, but I was depressed. And I was at the end of myself. I was so discouraged and down. And then I go to the uh, mailbox one day. And he said, you have a little note from a guy I haven't heard of in, in over 25 years. And he said, Tony, I just want to thank you for that. Folks, listen to me. If God has allowed you to suffer, take that suffering that you have gone through and use it in ministry to other people. I tell you folks, if you've had cancer, you are the one that can talk to another person that gets the diagnosis of the big C word. You see how God operates? You've been through a divorce a separation, or whatever. You know what it's like to have your heart ripped out in two. You're the one can minister to other people during their most difficult time. It's so practical, isn't it? Trials, folks, develop character in our lives. I remember, you know, when I was in university... Uh, four brothers were all in university at the same time. I don't know how my dad did it. I don't know. You know, my, I sent my son. I made a big mistake. I sent him to the United States to get educated. Why do I say it's a big mistake? Because of the Canadian dollar. <laughs> it's not so bad right now. We're only about 10 cents behind you. But in those days, we were 40 cents behind you. My, my son used to call, Dad. I need money. <laughs> oh, no. You know, my secretary come and get me. It's your son on the phone. I knew what he wanted. I love my son, but I didn't want to talk to him. <laughs> anyway, I, I was in university, four of us, four brothers, all in university at the same time. So I called my dad. Dad, your son. No man, no fun. Dear son, your dad, so sad. Too bad. <laughs> no, it wasn't really that. My dad, you know, what was he going to do? Of course, right? He always answered that. Uh, folks, but my dad used to say this. Because I used to call my dad, love my dad. My dad was such a wise man. He would say this. My dad wasn't good on the phone, by the way. When you talk to my dad, I talked to my dad, I think, when he would spend six months of the year here in South Florida, just down the street. And uh, I'd call him every day. I'd love to hear my dad's voice. Hello. That's how we used to talk. And then he'd stop. He, he wouldn't talk. How you doing, son? That's it. 
But every once in a while, he'd give you a nugget. And here's what one. When I call, Dad, need some money, blah, blah, blah. Then I complain. Right? Dad, I'm broke. Uh, it's, it's no fun. I've got to study too hard. Blah, blah, blah. My dad will listen, listen, listen. And then he'd say, this is it. Here's his words of wisdom. Shut up and get your degree. And I'd be, hmm. You know, and I knew my dad was right, but I didn't like to hear it. But you know what, folks? Listen, we live in the world. In this world, you will have tribulations. And without tribulations, you can't develop any character. You know what patience means in the Bible? It's an endurance. Not to sit on a rocking chair, but to put on the armor of God and to be a soldier. And you know what? Soldiers got to fight. And it's not always easy. And Christian, God will put you through those waves in your life and they might be overwhelming you even at this very moment. But look at it, ask for wisdom and say, God, I know I'm in school. I'm being tested. You know what? Every once in a while, I was a crammer. You've got to understand the way I studied when I was in uh, uh, university. I never studied in high school. I never did. I never opened up a book. I wish I would have. I wasted a lot of time, but I, I majored in recess and gym. <laughs> That's what I, I, I got to major in, right? When I was going through high school. I, and my son, my son, just like me. My, Rosie and I used to, oh, that kid, I could just grab him. But he was just like me. He majored in sports, you know? And then... Uh, now he's saying, I'm listening to him. My grandson is going to university next year. And I listened to my son, and I was sitting there just going like this. And he's going, eh, that kid doesn't study enough, you know? Anyway, but folks, listen. Listen. I was a crammer. I, I, I mean, I waited till the last minute, and then I would start sweating. I put my game face on, and I knew that the exam was tomorrow, and boom. I would just get into a, I mean, don't come around me. I was in my 24-hour, my I can do it, I'm going to memorize. And I memorized the whole human body by rhymes, by this. If I would have just spent the time and done it. But folks, that's what life is about. It's about trials. You're going to be tested. Listen, you're going to go through trials Otherwise, you're not a Christian. Did you hear what I say? You might see people and they got all the money in the world and all the things are going on in the world. They, they seem to have it all made in this world, folks. If you belong to Jesus Christ, He will get your attention. Because, folks, we don't live for this world. We live for the next world. And now you're in school. It's a trial. It's full of tests. True or false? It's true. It's true. So we're not to be shocked by it. We're not to be surprised by it. We're going to go through trials. They're part of the Christian experience. And by the way, Warren Worsby once said this. I loved it. Uh, He said this, A faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. A faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. You see, God is trying to develop faith in our lives. A faith in Him. 
that He'll never leave you nor forsake you. A faith that when you're going through the most difficult time, we didn't read it this morning, but if we'd have kept reading, Jesus, it says, you know, if you read Matthew chapter 14, it says this, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. It wasn't optional. He made them get in there. He knew what was going to happen to them. But you know where Jesus was? As they were out in that middle of the sea, He was praying for them. You see, folks, God wants you to be acutely aware of His presence in your life. And I found, this has just been Tony Martin's experience, and I know a lot of you know exactly what I'm saying, is that when Tony Martin has gone through the most difficult times in his life, I have found that I have been closer to God than ever before. Because you know what? I don't know if you're like me at all. But I'm pretty oftentimes, and I have to really watch myself in this, is I'm pretty self-sufficient. You know what I mean? Tony likes to solve problems. I'm a problem solver. (laughs) Except when I can't. Right? Isn't that true, though? Isn't that true? And, and you know what? God sometimes, you know, Tony, listen to me. This is your own resources here you're uh, hanging on to. Folks, if you use your own resources to go through a trial, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. It is going to lead to anxiety. It will lead to anxiety. We need to trust God. We need to trust God. God wants us. Folks, Christianity is a relationship. It's not do's and don'ts. It's a relationship. And you know what? Sometimes the relationship that we have with the Lord needs to be cultivated in the sea of trials. I can tell you something that you can be sure that Peter and the others, as they went down roads of their lives after the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary, was resurrected and was uh, caught up into heaven, you can be sure that Peter and the boys uh, many a times thought about that little trip on the sea and how they were out. You know, imagine these were fishermen. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, like me... uh, did I tell you, I didn't finish the story about the cruise. <laughs> That's typical of me. I go down a rabbit trail, forget to come back. Anyway, uh, uh, the story of the cruise is, here we are, my daughter talks to me, and I'm thinking, remember I told you I was down? I was out in the sea once, South Florida, sicker than a dog. I said, you know what, to my daughter Leslie, I don't think I want to go on a cruise because all I could think of is the last time I was seasick and it only happened once, but it was enough to give a lasting impression. I was green, literally. So I said, hmm, I don't think we should go on a cruise. I never really wanted to because of that experience. But anyways, we got talked into it. It's funny what grandchildren do to you, you know. Forget kids, but grandchildren, that's another thing. Oh, Grandpa, why don't you come on the cruise? Okay. (laughs) You know, you want me to write you a check too? Okay, grandparents are like that. We can't help it. We got the can't help it. 
It's a different thing with grandparents. You know, you've got to be a grandparent to know what I'm talking about. Anyways, we get out, we leave from Miami. I'm up, mm, you know, the, 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 the horn's off, and, and you know, we're, we're waving at the people. Don't know a soul, but I'm waving, right? And uh, we go out. It's a beautiful uh, a Miami day in, at the end of January, you know, and, you know, as us Canucks, like, we're, like it's warm, it's beautiful. Uh, we go to bed. I mean it. We, I, I, I thought, I'm in a dream. We're in a storm. Well, folks, 30-foot waves, gale force waves, we hit on the first night. Anyway, <laughs> obviously I survived, right? I wasn't even seasick. That's what I couldn't get over. Folks, listen. You're going to go through trials in your life. You're going to go through trials in your life. The New Testament does no, no, knows nothing of smooth sailing. If you're, smoothing, if you're sailing too smoothly in your Christian life, let me tell you something. God's going to get your attention, I can tell you that. Trials come, and they will come. And one last point. This comes from um, my experience clinically. Forty years in practice. And thirty plus years of, of being a Christian we need to be careful about this because as trials come into our life, remember the enemy and what we talked about this morning. This is very important and I, I throw this out there for you so that you can think about this, okay? But clinically I want to share with you what I see. There is a real diagnosis, by the way, of clinical depression. You need to understand that. If you think that it, it's strictly spiritual in a sense, uh, that is not true. I can tell you uh, as a physician that that is not true. There is clinical changes that occur in a person's brain. They do not release hormones uh, that ordinarily will be released in, in, in a brain. Uh, serotonin levels and dopamine levels and the feel-good hormones, uh, they're often not even there in a clinically depressed person. So you need to understand that. I think it's important because sometimes we, when we see depression and clinical depression I'm talking about, oftentimes uh, when, they, when they're at that point, there has been major changes that have occurred in that person's brain. However, I need to say this, and this is based on my experience uh, clinically and as a Christian. Oftentimes, those changes will not occur unless we, uh, we go down the road 
of, first of all, anxiety. The Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 4, and we ought to all memorize this verse, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, make your request known unto God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Christian, listen. If you are going into an area of despair in your lives, before clinical depression occurs, in my opinion, anxiety occurs first. Anxiety comes when we do not trust Jesus Christ. The Bible says to be anxious for nothing. Now listen, if you're a parent, mamas especially, listen to what I'm going to say. Do you worry or not worry about your kids? Of course you do. Of course you do. You know what, folks? I think we we got to be careful because sometimes we think, well, if I worry about my kid, uh, that's not right. Well, the Bible says, don't over-worry. That's the point. It's the point that you get neutralized by anxiety. I've seen a lot of patients like that. I've seen a lot of Christians like that. They're neutralized. They can no longer function properly because they're so anxious. And in my opinion, we over-medicate those people. It's like you're driving down the road and you hear a knock in the engine and now you just turn the radio up so that you don't have to listen to it anymore. It's not getting at the root of the issue. And I tell you folks, it's different for us Christians. Because folks, listen, the world out there when they're anxious, if I, was, if I wasn't saved, I'd be anxious this morning too. Wouldn't you? You know? But anxiety in a Christian, we just got to understand We've got to be careful that we don't let that get out of control because it can lead to depression, despair, and clinical depression can come from that. So I throw that out to you as uh, information and understanding that there's there's... God has given us resources and tools to function during our most difficult times. We need to trust God. Now tonight, I want to... If you are a a parent, a grandparent, special club, you're going to be a parent, you want to be a parent, I want you to come tonight. Because I'm going to do something very practical uh, tonight on children, raising children for Jesus Christ. Folks, are you going through a difficult time today? Trust Christ. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you again for this time. I thank you, Father, for these precious folks. And I ask you, Lord, just to bless them and give them uh, uh, this a, a, a real encouragement today, Father. We thank you for Jesus Christ. 
We thank you, Father, that even in the midst of that storm, he, he came walking on water to his disciples. And his disciples, Father, uh, at first didn't even recognize him. That's how much in despair they were. But, Father, uh, they realized eventually it was him. And, Father, we know that Jesus Christ is near. Father, help uh, those who are struggling today, Father, going through difficulties that perhaps nobody even knows or even understands. But, God, you understand. And I pray, Father, that you might come close to these precious folks this morning. Help us, Father, as we travel through this life. We know that we're going to be in the ship and there will be stormy seas. Father, we thank you that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. He's always, always watching out for us. Always praying for us. That great high priest that we have, we thank you for him. In Jesus' name, amen.